The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, and I am your host of Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I am so glad that you are all here listening today. Whether you're really listening live, whether you found us on archive, whether someone told you to find us, you know, frankly, if you found us, I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled that you found the show and that you choose to listen, and I'm always going to be grateful for that. Today we've got a fabulous show. We've got a speaker that you are going to love. She's done TEDx, SFU, so to get anybody that's been on a TEDx stage, there's just a lot to the show, and you're going to be excited, and you're going to want to stay tuned. I want to say that however you find the show, whenever, wherever, you're joining a community. This community is somewhere between 50 and 70,000 at this point. If you want to talk about Facebook and Twitter and the radio station and the way that we are finding each other, it's turning into something very big, and it's wonderful to see us all come together. And I hope that you will check out these locations. We are at Facebook Illuminating Now is just all one word, Illuminating Now. Twitter is at sign, Illuminating Now. My website is qualityforlifecoaching.com. Quality for Life Coaching is four words. There's no numbers and no spaces. So qualityforlifecoaching.com. And that is a fabulous website, and I really tout it because it's interactive, it's always changing, it's got press releases that we've put out, it's got iTunes dropping in, it's got um, music videos, it's got all the guests that came from the shows. Um, I do some interviews for WOR 710 AM radio, so that's really cool because it's iHeartRadio streaming in, and you can hear things that I'm you know, coaching on things that are really important subjects. And so lots of stuff going on that you want to listen to and get up to speed on and that might interest you. So check it out. And I'm always willing to do a free consultation with you, whether it's about a subject in your life or you'd like to talk to me about the show. So feel free to do that. Our guest today is really unique, super special. You're going to love her. She's an advocate to spread the word for change, and to discuss subjects that sometimes others just can't, others just aren't able to. So she was invited to speak and deliver a TEDx talk. Her material is relevant, and we're really lucky to have her with us. I'm going to tell you just a little bit more about our guest, Jane Langton, before I truly introduce her. Jane Langton is a certified sexual health educator and speaker. 
She is an advocate for access to relevant sexual health education and information across the lifespan. Jane loves facilitating extraordinary conversations in her private practice locally and globally. And she's passionate about creating a comfortable and safe space for people to finally speak candidly about the most intimate and seemingly difficult topics, often for the first time. She feels that she's never quite fit in, so she utilizes her own awkwardness on the inside, a little bit of a warped sense of humor, which has been a survival tool for her, and her leftover British accent, which is really cool, and that gives her the opportunity to boldly go where few have gone before. Her speaking engagements cover topics relating to sexual health, sexuality, dating, relationships, sex, aging, and her favorite topic, get ready, masturbation. Most recently, she was invited to speak at TEDx SFU. Her talk was called Emotion for Masturbation. So this has probably, I believe, passed a million views at this point. And she is always looking for more opportunities to speak about these topics. So, you know, given the response, she is now following up on her TEDx talk, and she's currently working on her first documentary. So, Jane, I feel so lucky to have you on the show. I'm so glad you were able to join us, and we're going to have some fun today. So thank you so very much for being here. Wow. Thank you, Lindsay. It's such a pleasure to uh, be invited and to be part of this conversation and of your community. It's really thrilling. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited. (laughs) And, you know, I just want to start with the part that everybody gets mesmerized by, you know, anything to do with TED Talks, TEDx Talks, any version of anything to do with a TED Talk. So how did you manage to get yourself on a TEDx stage, how did you do that? Well, it was uh, it was part of it was luck, and part of it was um, having the opportunity to uh, speak with a fellow who was a previous organizer and MC of uh, TEDx SFU the previous year. Um, TEDx SFU won the award for international TEDx. Uh, speakers around the world. So they're a really great TEDx platform. Um, and he happened to be at an event I was at. We had a 10-minute conversation. And four months later, I got an email and call from him saying, can I put your name forward because they're looking for speakers and I think you would be great a great speaker. So I said yes, and then I thought, holy bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and, um, and you know, it, it took me a couple of months to realize that they weren't joking and that they were serious <laughs> and that they wanted me. Um, but then there I was uh, four months later on the stage talking wow. about my favorite topic. So it was amazing. That is my next question. Well, first of all, just congratulations on that because, oh my gosh, I mean, I, I, well, I personally am addicted to TED Talks of any kind. I can't even explain it to you. I, I follow. So when I saw that, I mean, I was seeing you anyway. Then I realized that you had done that talk and I was just like, oh my gosh, if I get her on this show, that'd be so great. So, but 
Your favorite topic. So let's talk about that because I was going to ask you what our listeners would be asking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're getting on a TEDx stage. You know, why do you choose to speak on masturbation? Or why is that your favorite subject? What What would make that be the subject you would choose? Well, it's a subject I've been talking about for years. Um, I, I talk about it. It Every time I discuss it, it becomes more and more clear why it is my primary message. But if we can talk about masturbation, we can talk about so many other things relating to our sexual health and ultimately our overall health. Um, if we get out of our own way and, and um, <laughs> um, mm. that is, is the most intimate and, as I say, seemingly difficult topics for many of us. Um, so I just, I truly believe that if, if we can talk about that, we can talk about anything. And yeah. It's amazing. It's an amazing place to start a conversation. It seems odd, but it really is great. It's, it's allowed oh. us to start some really brilliant conversations with people. I think so. You know, I, I, I really feel like it is the people who talk about the hardest things and go in the most awkward places and lead us to the most unknown, you know, that we really want to follow, you know, because none of us want to do it, you know, but we all are interested in it. So it's so great when there is a leader, there is someone who's comfortable, there is someone who's willing. And, and I, I, again, watched your talk. It was so fabulous. And I do hope that you guys do, you listeners I'm talking about out there that you, you know, that you Google it. And, and it's Jane Langton spelled L-A-N-G-T-O-N. And so if you Google that and you Google TEDx, S-F-U, then it will come up. You'll see it. And, and you'll be able to take a look at this on YouTube. And so what has been the feedback, Jane, that you have found about the talk? Oh, it, it's really been overwhelming. Um, it, it's just, I am contacted almost every day, sometimes a few times a day from people around the world uh, not just in my own community. Um, and the most of the time they contact me by email or through my Facebook. I'm on my personal Facebook page is, is public. So you can find me on Facebook really easily. Um, so what they, so tell me the address on that. So the listeners so just, can get it. just, just to, um, put my name, Jane Langton into Facebook. Um, and, okay. and I'm right there. Yeah. Got Easy it. to find. Um, so they do contact me. They contact me around issues relating to uh, shame around masturbation, uh, wanting to find out how they can stop, uh, wanting to find out what's normal, wanting to find out um, why they're addicted to it. Um, and so my response for the most part is uh, masturbation is an absolutely extremely healthy and uh, practice to do that many of us do and some don't and but most of us do at some point in our life um, but it's what we're doing while we're masturbating that that is sometimes an issue um, in other words pornography uh, some people feel that they're addicted to it but it's uh, I think people uh, are quite concerned about it, but most of the time it's really not a problem because most of us, 
it, it's just a it's a, just a very it's a very healthy natural form of self love and it's something that it's great to do. Yeah, that's so mm-hmm. that's so fabulous that people are contacting yeah. you. What a great what a great thing to know that they actually are using you. You know, beyond what you teach from that talk, and as we sit and speak here on December 3rd, then, you know, like all these people have heard you and, and, you know, all these views, but then people get in touch with you and use you as a resource to understand more and more. So that's really so helpful. And so, you know, you talk about that there's some, a lot of benefits to masturbation. Talk to me about what are some benefits of masturbation? Well, it can uh, help us go to sleep. <laughs> it uh, helps us wake up. Um, it helps us strengthen our pelvic floor. Um, it helps us just feel, give us a better sense of, of ourselves, of self-esteem. It helps us understand our own body and what we, uh, ex- if we experiment by ourselves, and we are more likely to be able to tell our partner what we enjoy, and to be able to communicate communicate that to our partner, uh, it's it really is where a lot of things begin. And uh, and you know, some people say to me, "Well, everybody does it." Well, no, not everybody does, and not and most of us at some point in our life have felt maybe a little bit of shame or guilt or uh, like maybe we shouldn't be doing or, you know, our upbringing, our community, other reasons why uh, messages on the internet, why we shouldn't be and why it's unhealthy. Um, But I just want to be that person to say, uh, to give you permission that that it is a healthy thing to do. And it is something that, uh, that is just fine. It's something that you do in the private, in your own private space. Um, what, what I, if I may say, Lindsay, what I bring to the conversation that I hear repeatedly is I do tell my own story in the TEDx talk. Um, and I tell my own story because I really want people to get that I'm not completely comfortable either. I bring that sense of vulnerability into the conversation and it helps others feel comfortable enough to talk about where they are at. And that's what I love. I really appreciated that in your talk. I I thought that that was really unique and and it really makes you stand out from the crowd in just how you came right to the table and talking about yourself and your own masturbation experience and what was that story and then what was it to invite anyone else to watch or see or be part of it or include them and was that easy or wasn't that you know and and watching you discuss all that it was just I have so much admiration for people who tell the truth about hard things about their own story like because that is just the most credible it gets in the world and so that's how you help. I mean, that's when people really listen. It's like, wait a minute, that's her story. She's, she went through that. I want to hear what, what she's saying. It's not just a story. So mm-hmm. it's very brave. Did it, does, did it and does it take you a while to get courage to be able to refine a story like that? Or was it from the get-go that you could start talking about your own story and your own 
And as you talk about inviting another in or when it's okay to have a partner, you know, as you, as you roll that out, is that something that you've refined through the years and got more comfortable talking about? Or from the get-go, you just came clean with everything that was your story? Well, it's definitely been a process, just like anything relating to sexuality and intimacy. It's not a place we ever arrive at. It's a journey. And, you know, in spite of me seemingly always being comfortable with the topic, it's definitely, I'm working through my own stuff. I think we all are to some degree, different places on that journey of life. Um, But ultimately, when it came to actually doing the talk and being in front of the crowd, I think I was pretty excited to see the response. The nerves of, <laughs> of speaking in front of people were greater than the nerves of uh, about the topic. So, um, which, you know, is, is that's that's who I am. Um, but yeah, I find the topic, uh, you know, people say to me, Jane, you've you, just talk about this to shock people, but I don't. I talk about it um, from a place of this is where I've been and this is where I was stuck and this is how I came out the other side of it. And um, and I hope you are comfortable enough to have that same conversation with your partner and that same level of comfort with your own body. Yeah, and and talk to us a little about the partner piece. Like... You know, when can you, because I can't really talk about the whole talk and how you integrated that in, but it was really interesting. And so about knowing yourself well enough to then mm-hmm. be able to tell someone and articulate it and even let someone be in the room with you or watch you or be a part of what you're doing. Um, is, is, are there ways you articulate this? To couples and to your clients, how they can do this? Well, it's, uh, as I mentioned in my talk, uh, um, Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability. And uh, she says the path to each other starts with our own vulnerability. And I believe uh, that very little is more vulnerable than sharing our own self-pleasure with another. And so what I mean by that is uh, for us to feel safe enough with our partner, therefore to be vulnerable enough, one of us needs to take that leap of faith and to say, okay, this is who I am. I'm putting myself out there and I would love it if, if you do the same. But one of us really needs to go out on a limb. And I, I think that's not always the I mean, it can be probably one of the scariest places to be. It's easier to have a conversation about this with a stranger or a, a friend because there's less at risk. Yes. Uh, but but with a partner, there's more at risk. What what if they don't like what you're going to say or what what you are thinking about or what you're fantasizing about or what you desire? What if they don't like it? And that's that could be a scary place to be, but. The reward for having those conversations is, it's just uh, immeasurable. It's amazing, amazing. And this is what I invite couples to do and people to do is to have those courageous conversations with your partner because with more conversation, more vulnerability become that, that safety factor is, is, uh, just comes along with it. I think it's so great that you're talking to people. And I think safety is such a key word. And, and it could be 
that they're talking with you and in the context of maybe different sessions with you and learning like, you know, some sort of structure and then they go home and do whatever, but you're, they're going to come back. And so there's some safety built into it. I do think you're right. Um, the high could be the highest high ever. And yet you are so right. What is, what is plugged in to our subliminal can be dangerous if you share something and someone just has a preconceived, you know, thought process about what you've shared and they don't agree with it or they don't think it's beautiful or they do think it's weird or something's wrong with it, you know, then you, you have put yourself out there and then you have someone looking at you funny and yeah, that, that, that can be a very difficult moment in that vulnerability, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, your partner, yeah. it's okay if your partner doesn't like what you're cooking for dinner, but when your partner, right. But if your partner doesn't like what you just said about something to do like, with the Holy plate, cow. Is that what you've been thinking? Is that what you want to do? <laughs> right. It's just a whole nother way that you're mm-hmm. looked at when it's intimate. Yeah. And yeah. So it is taking a risk. A great question to ask your partner, as Dan Savage once says, is what are you into? In other words, what turns you on? What excites you? Um, I, a good friend and colleague of mine, um, he says whenever he's with his partner or with a partner, he says, uh, you know, what are you into today? And because today you might be into something that you're not into tomorrow that, that you didn't think about yesterday. Uh, but that's how we get to understand each other. And we also get to spice things up a bit because in asking the question, you're allowing your partner to be more vulnerable and, and uh, continuing that communication piece, which is so important in relationships. I love that. And I love that concept of today because, and not just that you might, might have been yesterday or might not be tomorrow, but also that, that same kind of concept of you have the right, even if you think you're into something and then you try it or do it, you have the right in the same day to say, you know what? I don't think I'm into that actually, even though I thought I would be, I'm not. Mm-hmm. In other words, we can change at any time. It's about being open-minded and non-judgmental that creates the safety. We're safe if we can say we can talk about anything, we can try anything, and we can be open to say no to anything as long yeah. as we're not judging each other or acting weird about it so somebody feels bad about themselves. As long as we can just keep it all on neutral ground then we're safe and then anything can be tried, talked about, declined, anything. And the next day I can say I declined that yesterday, but I'm up for trying it today. I can say tomorrow I tried it yesterday. I don't think I want to do it today. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Right? And so I really like that, you know, kind of each day you can decide. And and sometimes it just starts from a place of of, – understanding what intimacy means to each of you. It's not about sex. It's about um, the two of you being intimate together. And that just might mean um, just experiencing touch again, because of course we have madness and craziness and busyness in our daily lives. To go from zero to 60 is not going to happen, but to really connect just uh in a, in a space and uh, through conversation and touch and intimacy, it could, it, you know, 
it, it, it isn't always about sex. In fact, it rarely is about sex. It's more about that intimate piece and however that is defined by you or by you and your partner. I like that. I, I think that's I think that's so true. And I think people get that, um, you know, misconstrued quite often. And, and, and I was going to ask you, and that kind of segues into that a little, do you, when you work with couples and they come in and maybe intimacy is off, in whatever form, it, it, it could be talking, but it could be touching. Um, they, they're awkward. They're uncomfortable with ways of touching each other and just, and just touch in general. And, you know, they're, they're best friends everywhere else, but the intimacy just isn't really working very well. And they're not bringing up masturbation, but do you? Do you bring that up as a technique to try to help them be closer or is it something you wait for the client to talk to you about? Well, most of the time, uh, um, clients aren't necessarily going to bring up the topic of masturbation, in fact, rarely. Um, But again, um, coming back to the masturbation piece, it really, you know, yes, it is about masturbation because if we can talk about that, we can talk about everything else. But uh, it it really is... um, it really comes down to intimacy and just getting couples to to a place where um, they feel safe enough and trust each other enough to be vulnerable vulnerable again. And it you know it can happen quickly, but sometimes it does take a bit of uh, a bit of time and and patience. Um, and un- but it's through understanding what each of them is looking for and what might that look like in a relationship that is um, supportive and collaborative and loving. And what might that look like separately and then together? What does uh, one partner expect of the other, or what do they what? And and how did they find each other to begin with? What did that look like? What did they see in each other to begin with? Um, what drew them together and have them remember what it is that that really pulled them towards each other at the beginning, just really trying to connect with that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Have you ever had anyone react negatively if, if you bring up subjects like masturbation, something where it's an eye-raising kind of thing where they don't want to talk anymore about something? Or do you feel like it always, you know, as long as they're with safety with you, they can talk further into intimacy or whatever. Well, I, I, I think that uh, as I, I've mentioned, I mentioned at the beginning, and as you said in my introduction, I really am fortunate enough that um, because people, you know, they they have found me through someone else. That there's already this, or that they. I don't know, maybe it depends on how they found me, but by the time they're sitting across from me, they really do very quickly feel safe enough to discuss where they're at. And we truly do get to the heart of the matter pretty quickly um, because they there is that factor of safety that, that's already there. I really do my best to help them feel comfortable enough as quickly as possible. And from there, anything amazing can happen. I think that's so, such a key word. I think a lot of us, again, don't always understand, even when we're going to someone to help us. Um, we don't even realize, but 
you know, safety. Safety, like we think we want someone smart, or we think we want someone that knows the answer, or we think we want someone that can fix this, you know. And, and safety is really, if we can just get an environment that offers us safety and offers us no judgment, there won't be any judgment, then mm-hmm. we, you know, we can head where we're going or get where we want to go. So we are going to take a break. We are on Illuminating now. We've got Jane Langton here. I'm super excited. We've got a lot to talk about. So stay tuned. Don't turn the channel. We'll be right back. A nice glass of wine is very refreshing after the end of a long day. But have you ever considered the story behind the wine? Tune in to Bacchus and Beery Wine Radio with your hosts, Roger and Donna Beery. You'll meet some of the people behind the world's wineries, travel the wine country, and learn more about that glass that you're enjoying. Roger and Donna will also give would-be vintners a behind-the-scenes look at starting a winery. Bacchus and Beery Wine Radio airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. 
Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, and we are back. We're back on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We have our guest, special guest, TEDx Talker. She was on that stage, TEDx SFU. She talked about motion for masturbation. You got to love that. Jane Langton. And she has a Facebook page, last name spelled L-A-N-G-T-O-N. Look her up. Google, Facebook, TEDx, SFU, all that stuff. Her views are (laughs) outrageous. She's got a lot of views. She's gotten a lot of attention for this and well worth it because we don't talk about masturbation. And she talks about a lot of things. I mean, Jane is a legitimate certified sexual health educator and speaker. So she is an advocate and she wants to teach relevant sexual education and information across every area. We are talking about that TEDx talk, and so we have been talking about masturbation. And for yourself and with your partner and how it serves a relationship, and I was asking her some questions even in her practice, how, you know, is it utilized in the practice for helping intimacy with couples? So that's kind of where we were when we went off to break. We were talking about how she can provide safety and non-judgment to allow that subject or any other awkward subject to come up for couples so that they might be able to navigate to a place that can allow them to be closer. I wanted to ask you, Jane, so we can talk about, and she did on the first part, and if you didn't catch it, rewind it. Mm-hmm. You want to you hear this whole show, guys, but mm-hmm. I want to get to the part. We did talk about certainly reasons that masturbation offers positives. The pros, let's say. How about the cons? Are there any reasons we shouldn't masturbate? Reasons we know that it may not be a good thing? Well, as a separate entity, as a separate act, masturbation is something that is absolutely healthy for us. Um, We start, some of us start uh, when we're very young, and some may not start until we're in our adult years. Um, And uh, it is something that children and infants and toddlers are curious about, about their body and it feels good. And I mean, nothing could be healthier uh, as far as that as a separate entity. As I mentioned earlier, it's uh, people are confusing the, the conversation about masturbation and pornography or masturbation and something else. But as a separate entity, masturbation is a, is as healthy as can be. Yeah. What about people who, you know, like, how do you address someone that has religious issues? Like, you know, because it's tough to, you know, try to conquer somebody's religious beliefs or what their family taught them or what the, Mm -hmm. you know, church or whatever it is. But do you work with that? Is that something that if someone says, oh, I would never do that. I mean, I know the church says that is a sin, blah, blah, blah. If you hear something like that, do you try to go deeper into their own needs, their own wants, their vulnerabilities, their self-esteem, anything, you know, to do or, or do you kind of leave that alone if it's a religious belief? Well, I just come from a place of these are the facts. I'm not out to change anyone's religious beliefs or practices. I want to help people understand uh, why it is a healthy thing to do. And I just come from that place. I'm not there to change anyone's mind. I just want to give 
them the information so that they can make their own decision. Uh, but I also let people know that most of us feel shame around uh, aspects of sexuality or masturbation. And most of us have this experience at some point in our lives, not everybody, but many of us do. And I think most Far too often we feel that we are the only person who feels this way and that, uh, you know, it's unhealthy to masturbate more than once a day or more than once a week. Well, uh, if it's not interfering with our taking, if it's not taking over our lives or interfering in a big way with our relationship, then you know, it's something that we can share in our relationships. It's something that uh, we can help our partner understand about our own body. And we can also say to our partner, show me what you enjoy. Show me how you experience pleasure. Um, I talk to a lot of younger people who um, do feel that they watch because they've watched pornography, because unfortunately that has been their sex education, that they think that that is what sex is. Well, I, my message is talking to people of all ages, um, uh, all adults, just to let them know that, yeah, I mean, pornography is is entertainment, just like a Hollywood movie is, and it's not real. They are actors. They are models, as they call them, and um, it's not real. There's a, a really amazing a website that one of my heroine has uh, has created. Her name is Cindy Gallup, and she started Make Love Not Porn dot TV. Make Love Not Porn dot TV, and mm. it's a a much better representation of what real world sex is about. Real people sending in videos who are brave enough to film themselves, uh, but it's definitely a, an absolutely more real look at what sex and intimacy looks like. Intimacy, uh, which is something I keep going back to, is so important. And uh, I find that people who are a bit older get what intimacy about is about, but the whole aspect of the conversation of sex is more difficult. Young people, the conversation of sex is easier but they don't really get what um, intimacy is about. So, it's, you know, depending on how old you are, what your experience is and, and uh, where you're at, uh, it can be a different type of conversation. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Different mm-hmm. generations and, and different terminology. And, yeah, just uh, how, people, how people face this stuff. Now, when you – let's say you were really comfortable, and, and, and not you, but a given person is very comfortable mm-hmm. with masturbation. They've learned their body. They are comfortable with it, and they want to bring a partner in, and the partner's receptive about that. But does it change? Does masturbation and self-pleasure then change when partnered, when you start to include someone or share it with someone or – Tell someone, you know, what you're doing or what you liked. Is it then, you know, kind of never the same for you because it's now um, morphing into something different? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very good question. Well, the, the only constant in our lives is, is the, or the one constant in our lives is uh, that solo sex or masturbation or self-pleasuring is always going to be available. When a partner uh, comes into the mix, it can be exciting or it can be a little bit intimidating. Um, 
Some people find that they masturbate more uh, when they're with a partner because it's just there in their life more. Intimacy is is more prevalent, uh, sex and intimacy. And some people find that they do less. Um, but everyone is different and it's a a, a journey throughout our lives, uh, whether we are 20, 40, 60, 80, beyond, it's going to be there. There's never a switch that turns off that says one day we, we don't need to experience intimacy and touch. Uh, we always will need that. And bringing a person into the relationship and uh, is can definitely make things more exciting. But again, you know, for some it does have us it does uh, mean that we go to a place of vulnerability because again sharing that with a partner can be a little bit uh, <laughs> uh, you know you're putting yourself out there sometimes so <laughs> it depends right Absolutely. Um, but, it, but for people who are more comfortable with it if if they are with a partner that isn't as comfortable it definitely takes a bit of patience for one or the other to you know to get you both on the same page but that's okay that's the fun part right right it's all it's all Mm -hmm. attitude don't you think that's true it's like 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 everything in life I kind of I call it the kaleidoscope like something could look terrible and or someone could come into my practice and say you know this is a terrible thing and I'm I'm like oh okay so you don't see the beautiful flower yet you have not turned the kaleidoscope enough times (laughs) keep turning there's a totally beautiful flower in there. You just don't see it yet. So, yeah. you know, there's a, and that's just one way to reflect pers- perspective. There's a way to see things and we can adjust our minds to not necessarily thinking something's bad or not being open-minded. And so you're right. It can be a beautiful thing. It can be an exciting thing. It can be a super mm-hmm. um, wonderful adventure to navigate together where you're going to go with this new information and this vulnerability. It's a really precious yeah. thing to share vulnerability, right? It is. It's, it's the relationships can deepen so oh, yeah. much more quickly when we are in a place of vulnerability. And it's, you know, it's not easy necessarily. It's not as easy as we'd like it to be, but it's so worth it. And this is what I love. And, and also finding humor in what uh, in play with our partners, um, because most of the time things don't go as planned. Most of the time, you know, we have this idea about what this fantasy might look like or this experience might look like, and then it happens, and we're like, "Ah, oh, this isn't what I expected," or "This isn't expect- this isn't how I thought I'd feel." Um, but have a sense of humor around that and enjoy it. Play with it. Play with it. Right. Yeah. Right. These things can be gifts. And and I think that just like your talk and just like your sharing, you know, that you're vulnerable and so is everyone in the room when you when you touch on a subject that's tough and that people sometimes have a tough time talking about or listening to or are get a little awkward in their seat, not knowing what to do with the person next to them mm-hmm. or but it's a gift because everyone is in a state of vulnerability in that moment and everyone's closer for it mm-hmm. in the in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. 
funny because I say to people, you know, everything is going to be okay. It's, it's, it's people are, I, I find, again, most of the time when I get uh, messages from people because of my TED talk, um, they just want to know, is this normal? What's normal? And I just say, you know, it's okay. It's okay. What's normal uh, for you is different than what's normal for somebody else. But whatever works for you at that point in your life. And tomorrow is a whole different day. Tomorrow is a whole different day. A whole different day. Yeah. And, and again, I just, it, make, it really warms my heart to hear that besides, you know, a million plus views or whatever, how many people mm-hmm. view that and learn from that to think that people are reaching out to you and asking that personal question, is this okay? Am I addicted? Is this wrong? You know, how is this supposed mm. to go? You know, that you became a resource by speaking on a vulnerable subject. That's what I mean. The world kind of comes together on vulnerability and safety. And so it really turns mm-hmm. out to be a real gift when people can move into vulnerability. But it isn't to say that the road there is always easy. But No, no. But it's right? so worth it. It's, it's so, so worth it. it. It's so yes. worth it. And if we have the courage to have these seemingly difficult conversations with our loved ones, whoever that might be, um, it, the, it, it's just the place it can go, the place the relationship can go is is so much deeper than we can imagine. Uh, what I always find um, interesting is that you know we unfortunately uh, we assume that our healthcare providers or the people that that we go to for support are comfortable with this topic as well. Um, this is a big part of why I talk about masturbation because. Um, you know, just because we went to medical or someone went to medical school or somebody went and uh, did a program in what, whatever that might be. But if we, if I, for example, if I have a, a question around my sexuality and I go to a healthcare provider and they're not so comfortable talking about it, uh, we're not necessarily even going to get information from them. And so I really encourage healthcare providers and people who are going to healthcare providers to start this conversation about our sexual health. This is a big part of the important message that I'm trying to make uh, people aware of is let's start talking about our sexual health. It's such an important conversation. I think, I mean, I just, I could not advocate for that more. I think it's, and, and, and all about it. I mean, our sexual health and I know that you talk about a lot of branches on that tree, and I'm I'm a huge advocate too. Just um, one of my big, you know, I'm a very big advocate of sexuality. That I don't think mm-hmm. we have I don't think we have a forum for people to say every kind, whether it's LGBTQ, whether it's poly, mm-hmm. anything. I mean, there's all these different lifestyle choices, and not only don't people have the ability to to talk freely about who they are or what they feel, but we don't even give people the understanding of what the terminology means. Like somebody might say I'm transgender. Oh, mm-hmm. so you like boys, not girls. You know, mm-hmm. And that's not at all what that means. <laughs> transgender mm-hmm. does not mean that, you know, and, 
And so we don't have an understanding in the world, which removes the safety for the individual to even speak out loud about what they even mean. Right. So I just, I, I really, you know, give you props for doing what you do. And I am pushing more for advocacy of this all the time because I think there, I, you'll hear me, people often hear me say there's also a suicide epidemic. And I believe it's between 20, you know, 15 years old and 30. And I think it's just, it's bigger than ever because people don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. With their with their own intimate esteem, you know, their own mm-hmm. self-esteem, but in the area of intimacy, they actually don't know how to name or offer the terminology or offer the information to the people that they would want to. So sometimes they just exit. And um, yeah, yeah, you know. I know. It. I mean, there's a lot of topics that we're not so comfortable with. Um, uh, but I, uh, my my message is about let's let's talk about our sexual health at any age um, and get out of our own way and have some really brilliant, amazing, fabulous conversations. Right. And, uh, you know, just get that it's all going to be okay. It's okay. Yeah, we're different, and yeah, our desires are different, and our needs and what turns us on is different. But hey. That's all right. Let's just have fun with it. Absolutely. And and when you talk about age, you know, because I know that that's just, of course, one of the many things you address. There's, I know that you've talked about misinformation, you know, the media and a lot of misinformation to do with sex and aging. So tell me some of your thoughts on that. I, uh, I was sitting next to a fellow the other day who was reading an article about uh, the de- the demise of of uh, a woman's sexuality once she reaches menopause. <laughs> I, and I sat down beside him and I looked over and I said, "I don't. I hope you don't mind, but I I, I saw the caption there, and he was a fellow in his seventies." And I said, "I, you know, I I just really get frustrated when I see these messages." all the time in the media or and, and conversations that perpetuate this idea that once we reach menopause uh, that we are not going to be sexually active. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, I find that we're on a roller coaster at any time in our life. Our hormones are changing and whether we're going through puberty or menopause or whatever that might look like. But uh, I... I know so many women and men who are experiencing changes in, in their body uh, that uh, it's it's a place that they're at in a, their life and tomorrow is a whole different day and who knows what's possible. Uh, and if, if we expect it to be bad, then there's a more likely, a greater likelihood that it will be bad. But if we expect that it's just what's going on today and let's appreciate our body and feed it what it needs to be fed and enjoy it and experience pleasure if, if we so desire, um, then so much more is possible. And I would really love to invite people to say, uh, to have fun with uh, as they get older. We become more comfortable with our body. It may not work quite as we expect it sometimes. Um, but generally, as we get older, we become more comfortable with what we 
love to experience what pleasure looks like and also what um, what doesn't work for us. And we're more confident confident enough to say what works with our partner as well. So it's it's a win-win as we get older, I, I think it is. One of my heroes <laughs> or heroines <laughs> Um, yes. is is Betty Dodson, Dr. Betty Dodson, and she's the, I call her the pioneer of masturbation. And uh, her <laughs> favorite years, she said, was in, we're in her 70s, and she's in her, I think she's 85 right now, but she said her best years were in her 70s, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's so great. And and it is true, you know, it's like no two of us are the same and no two people going through menopause are the same. You know, we have symptoms and things we can share in common, but but the body and the way it works and everything to do with how we have our attitude and the brain, of course, is <laughs> the biggest organ playing a role in orgasm. So yeah. it, it, no one can really predefine when it ends or what can't happen or what intimacy means based on what you're bringing to the table. And it never, yeah, it never right? ends. It's not going to end. We are sexual beings and from birth until we're gone. And, uh, and that just comes from a place of needing touch and intimacy. We need touch. We know that babies thrive when they're held and touched. And, and why does that why do we become, uh, why do we need it less as we get older? But another um, topic I, quickly I wanted to bring up was men and uh, erectile changes as, as they get older or because of medication or because of heart disease or diabetes. Um, again, there's a lot of conversation in media talking about erectile dysfunction. And, and while it can be uh, dysfunction. I I tend to go with the the saying erectile dissatisfaction because for the most part men aren't necessarily always happy with the their body's response and you know that's just life. It doesn't matter how old you are, um, our body doesn't necessarily work as we want it to. Um, yeah. But, you know, I just come from that place and, and uh, I do work with men who are managing or dealing with prostate cancer as well. And what might that look like uh, if, um, as far as just how will sex and intimacy look like for them as they go through uh, yeah. that, that time in their life? Right. We have to close the show. You have been awesome. I am so sorry. It always feels a little abrasive to do that. Um, I'm going to do my, I want to say thank you, Jane, so very much for being on. Thank you. Oh, thank you're you. welcome. Such it's a so, pleasure. Oh, it's been great. I want to have you back. Let me do my Lindsay's Life Secret, guys, because I know you listeners wait for that at the end. So here we go. We so often think that we know what is taboo. You know, we know what we should keep to ourselves. We often think if we share personal business that, let me put that in quotes with others, you know, it doesn't serve any good. And the secret here is that the truth of our experiences in this life are worth sharing. Masturbation, just the word, it raises eyebrows. Why? So maybe it has to do with religion or how we were raised or whatever is in our own minds. But our body parts and our ability to have sexual pleasure and our ability to feel amazing sharing that pleasure, that's our God-given right. And it's for you to explore with someone brave and to take your vulnerability and 
experience with a partner if you choose. Jane Langton is brave. She's helping us all discover more ways to live, to love, to feel pleasure, to feel intimacy, experience our inner selves. This can only be a good thing. And I take my hat off to anyone brave like this. I thank you listeners that you choose this show, you choose this community, a place to learn, a place to grow, a place to come together and and be safe and get information and decide what you think about it. Do follow us on Facebook and Twitter and qualityforlifecoaching.com is my site, Jane Langton, L-A-N-G-T-O-N. You can find her on Facebook and you can also look her up, Jane Langton, TEDx, S-F-U, and hear her talk. You know, it's been wonderful to have her on. We have explored some, you know, some subjects that aren't easy. And I love when you guys listen and take the time to hear the things that will expand your life. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. We are on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Our guest, Jane LinkedIn, has been amazing. And I feel so lucky that we got this TEDx talk guest to come here and be our guest. So catch her talk, look for her on Facebook. And in the meantime, I really hope you have a magical and a meaningful week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.